All right, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service at High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing tonight? Blessed by the best. Amen. Great night to be at church. And uh, here in a few minutes, we'll get into some announcements, but we got a lot of really good stuff going on and coming up. So I'm really excited to uh, tell you some of the stuff that's going on. But first of all, what do we want to do? We want to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Amen. So let's go ahead and stand up together. And we are going to speak words of faith over America, and we are going to see Jesus do a work in our land, just like he's doing a work in our city, the great city of Barstow. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated this evening. All right. Well, I've got some really great news for all you parents out there, all the parents listening online. Really great news. All right. Beginning on Mother's Day, okay, so Sunday, Mother's Day, two weeks away, we will officially start having Children's Church on Sunday mornings again. Amen. Yes. So... We are really excited. More people have stepped up to the plate to help us out, and and we've got enough workers now. So uh, this th- this coming Sunday, it'll still be on Sunday nights, but beginning Mother's Day, it'll be on Sunday mornings from now on once again. And I know that'll just help a whole lot of people out. We're really really excited. And in addition to that, even more good news: if you've got even younger kids, we're going to be able to do Jam Junior. Okay, so uh, the kindergarten guys, preschool kindergarten. We'll also not only have Sunday morning class, but Wednesday nights starting next Wednesday, okay? May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Come on, somebody, right? And so next Wednesday night, uh, we'll start having uh, Jam Junior on Wednesday nights as well as Sunday mornings. And we are really, really, really excited about that, that uh, we're able to minister to the kids even more. And that'll help the parents be able to hear even better because it has been a while, right, for uh, Sunday mornings, the parents to be able to, to listen up to what's going on. All right. Even more good news for the kids. It's kids night. Hey, come on, somebody here. Let's give it up for the kids. Yes. All right. So on, uh, we're going to be having kids club camp again. That's going to be June 11th and 12th out at the ranch, Pastor Mrs. Pastor's place, Pleasant View Farm in Newberry. And we're getting all sorts of great stuff planned for that. But June 11th and 12th, Kids Club Camp, they'll be staying the night out there in the tents and everything. It is going to be an awesome experience. So uh, word is really getting back into full swing with the kids. And we are very, very, very excited about all this. All right. And even more good news. I'm just full of good news. It's Gospel Wednesday, guys. Come on. It's Good News Wednesday. All right. Uh, we're getting some of our lift groups started back up again. We're going to be having our, our Sunday morning Bible class uh, starting back up um, the third Sunday of May. I think that's the 16th. And we're going to be studying the book of John together from 9.15 to 9.45 on Sunday mornings, a half an hour. And if you want to dig in and study the Word of God a little bit deeper, we're going to do one chapter at a time each week. And uh, Austin Brady is uh, going to be teaching that class for us. So really excited about that. And a lot of people don't know, but we do have a Thursday night group that is kept meeting consistently for the full year and Rosalinda Palakiko leads that group and that's that's still going strong so that's available if you want information on that and then my uh, wife Katie is going to be starting a ladies Bible study on uh, Tuesday nights at our house and uh, ladies will get you more information if you are interested in that so 
really good news, guys. I'm really happy about this because a lot of people, they want to they wanna grow. They want to get deeper into the Word of God. Is that anybody in here where you want more Bible? Right? Less negativity, more Bible. And that's what we're going for. So we're going to get it to you. Men, this Saturday out at, at the ranch out there at Pleasant View Farm in Newberry, yes, we are having our men's meeting at 9 a.m. Uh, we're going to have some pancakes and sausage and coffee and stuff, and it's going to be great. Bring a lawn chair. We'll be out there by the lake having a good old time at my parents' place. And so that is Saturday at 9. If you need directions or information, let us know, and we'll get that to you, okay? And then, of course, the mother-son pancake breakfast is coming up next Saturday, May the 8th, all right? And uh, that'll be at 9 a.m. in Victory. You got to have a ticket, okay, to, to be able to get in. The tickets are $2. You can get them back there at the info booth uh, right after the service. They're available. And uh, bring your ticket because we're going to have drawings for prizes and different stuff like that. And also, my mom asked, bring a picture of you and your son when they were little. Oh, that's cute, huh? Right? Yeah, bring a picture of you and your son when they were little. Or son, you can bring a picture of you and your mom, and we're going to do some fun stuff with that. So that is going to be super, super cool. We're ready to have that event again. And the last thing I'm telling you is Mother's Day will be the day after that on Sunday, May the 9th, right here, 10 a.m. And um, you know what? We Remember we printed up all those invites for Easter, and you guys invited hundreds of people, and it was so awesome. Well, I was thinking, hey, let's do that again. So guess what? We printed up a bunch of invites direct there on the info booth. Invite somebody to the Mother's Day service. Do you know any moms that don't go to church? Really? I know Alexis does. She, I mean, she'll find them. All right. She will find somebody to invite. But listen, uh, we've got, we've got a bunch of these invites back there on the info booth. Grab one, grab two, grab three, grab five. Invite some ladies, some moms and their kids to Mother's Day. We have a gift for every mom, blessings and fun stuff for them. But invite somebody to Mother's Day that week and what, you know, hey, we're going to preach the gospel to them and they are going to have their lives changed just like you did. This is a golden opportunity for you to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who's with me and who's going to invite some mom from Barstow somewhere to come to church? Amen. All right. Very, very good. Well, that's all the announcements for tonight. I know we had a whole bunch, but who knows what time it is now? It's happy time, and you ought to sound happy. That didn't, that did not make me feel, I did, I got nothing out of that. I said, what time is it, people? Happy time. Yes, it is happy time. God just loves a cheerful giver. And so, uh, pastor's gonna take up the tithes and the offerings for us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, it sounds like a good place to start a church of all that going on. Amen. Amen. Praise God that this is a church and things are happening now. We're not dead in the water. We're alive. We're going forward, changing lives. Amen. Okay, hold up your hands. You need an envelope. The ushers would be glad to hold a bucket your way to get an envelope. And open up your Bible to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. As a matter of fact, Saturday will be the new month's uh, scripture reading. Start on Saturday the 1st at Isaiah chapter 1. will be the uh, first place to read in our new month's scripture readings. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. How many just love losing in life? How many love never having enough? Things breaking down when you get the last payment. No, we're not that kind of people. We like the blessing of God on our life. We like to eat the best, drive in the best, live in the best, have the best jobs, wear, wear, wear the best clothes. We like, we like, we like to live like the king's children, don't we? And you know, I, 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 I like to always say that you've always got to remember for the blessings of God, there's always the God part and your part. God always, always, always requires action. That action always requires faith. It says, if, and that word right there is such a conditional word. That tells you condition on a promise. If you be willing and obedient, there's a conjunction, not just willing, but the obedient part too, you shall eat the good of the land. That means you'll have God's best for your life, what God wants you to have. And uh, 
you know, I'm not talking about now about the about the willing or being a part about the tithe because I'm presuming everybody tithes that goes to church. I talk about everyday life. If you're willing to do what God wants you to do, and then you follow through and obey what God wants you to do, then God says you eat the good of the land. And so it takes more than just being a person that puts 10% into the offering because, you know, I think about that. I think sometimes Christians get legalistic thinking, which is not from God, and they think it's like paying their taxes. You know, nobody wants to pay taxes to the IRS. If you do your tax returns and you end up owing, then nobody said, well, you know what, I think I'm going to mail this two months early. <laughs> they wait, and then they're kind of, kind of begrudgingly, they say, oh, Clay, okay, we'll, we'll do, the, do what we're supposed to do. Well, you never, ever, ever pay tithes to God that way. When you tithe to the Lord, you're thankful, you're grateful, etc., etc. But all that is is just just obedient child doing their part for what Jesus wants them to do within an everyday life. You know, if you're working with somebody you really don't like to work with, and the Lord uh, moves on your heart and do something special for them besides just going there and giving them the dirty look back, uh, they say, "I'll give you a dirty look." Okay, I'll, I'll do too. <laughs> you know, he does. You don't pay back evil with evil. You pay back evil with love. And that's called being obedient to the gospel. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. And so be a tither, be a giver, but at the same time, just listen to those nudges in your heart every day for what God wants you to do, especially in relationships with people. Amen? Amen. Let's make our financial faith confession, and then we will give with joy, laughing all the way to the offering. Amen. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family give just in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all stand up if we can. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. Sing of his sweet salvation. Morning to night and day to day. up your voice and thinking our God provides our every need worship the God of mercy who gave his life to set us free our God is greatly to be praised nothing in all the earth compares to him the God of glory and of grace our God is great our God is great. Shout to the God of triumph. Let every tongue proclaim his praise. Boast in the resurrection In Jesus Christ who rules and reigns Our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him The God of glory and of grace Our God is great, our God is great Our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, Creator.
nation joins to praise Him. Our God is great. Our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great. Our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great. Our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is great, we to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is great, we to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and the grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Let us become 
more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, One more time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Amen, amen. Let's just tell them that tonight. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here tonight. We want you to have your way here. We want your presence to fill this place, Lord. We know that without you, we are nothing. Without you here, that there's not even a point for us to be here, Lord. We want you here, and we ask you to have your way tonight. Do what you need to do. Say what you need to say. Work what you need to work. We thank you, Lord, that you are here tonight, and we are tuned into you. We're listening to you. We're ready to receive from you, and we ask you in the name of Jesus to do what you need to do tonight. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated this evening. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what a great night to be at church. It's uh, starting to get a little bit warm out there. We know that summer heats are coming, but we are ready this year. And uh, thank God for all the great things that he's done there. Um, now, tonight, the title of the message is this. It's Surrounded. The title is Surrounded. Have you ever felt like, man, I don't know what's going on right now, but trouble seems to be coming at me from every conceivable angle. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, there's this old saying, when it rains, it pours. And of course, I believe that when it rains, it pours blessings. I'm not over here believing for the bad stuff. Nevertheless, though, we are aware that there are times of trouble that try to pop up against us in our life. We talked about uh, last week, Nahum 1-7, how the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. So if the Bible said that there's a day of trouble, then we do understand, we're not in denial, that trouble does try to come against us. It tries to attack our family. It tries to attack our job. It tries to attack our marriage. It tries to attack our health. And we know who the enemy is. So I repeat, we are not in denial, but I know this much. When trouble comes knocking, I don't just roll over and, and accept it. I do not accept trouble. Whenever the devil comes and says, hey, you know what? I think you're getting sick right now. No, I'm not. In the name of Jesus, I resist that. You know what? I think that that, the, that this is going on with the economy. I think that, that this is, I'm going to mess with your marriage. I'm going to mess with your kids. And I'm just telling you right now, I am not going to put up with the enemy coming in and trying to surround me with trouble on every side. But I will say there have been times of life, seasons of life where it felt like I was surrounded from every corner. If I looked to my right, there was trouble. If I looked to my left, there was trouble. And I know this much. I know how to get out of trouble now. I know how to get out of trouble. And, and I know a lot of you guys do too. And that trouble tries to come. Difficulty tries to come. 
And I can tell you this much. I have found the answer to trouble. And I know how to get out of any situation that the devil throws in my path. Cancer, I know how to answer cancer when it knocks on my door and on my family's door. I know how to do that. We have fought those battles several times and we have won. I know when the enemy tries to attack my family and my marriage, I know how to win those fights now. When the enemy tries to come and mess with my city and with my church and with my my people here, I know how to fight back now. I know how to fight the good fight of faith. And so when trouble comes knocking, I know exactly how to answer. The title tonight is Surrounded because I'm going to show you some different portions of Scripture where there were good people who found themselves surrounded on every side by the enemy. But praise God, they made it through because they knew where their help came from. I like how King David said, he said, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So if you're in a troubled spot right now, you picked a great time to, to, to listen to this message. If you're not in a troubled spot right now, you picked a really great time to listen to this message because so, sooner or later, the devil's going to try to come and bring some trouble towards you, and you are going to have some answers, all right? So let's pray, and we're going to get into the Word of God tonight. Let's do this. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your Word, that it is true, that we can depend on you, that your promises are dependable. We can take you at your word, Lord. And I pray that as we listen, as we open up our hearts to you tonight, God, you're going to speak to us. Lord, if we need encouragement, you're going to encourage us. If we need correction, you're going to correct us. Lord, if we just need taught, you're going to teach us whatever it is that we are in need of tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us and we have ears to hear. So we are listening in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen, all right? So the first thing tonight is this. Number one, I'm going to talk about uh, surrounded by enemies. Uh, am I surrounded by enemies right now? And I want you to look at Psalm 22, Psalm 22. Amen. Can we hear it for the word of God tonight? All right, all right, that was, that was cute. Psalm 22, let's look at and we're going to look at verse 12. Psalm 22 and verse 12. And what we have here is King David in a rough spot. And, you know, I love David was so honest and transparent in writing the Psalms. If he was going through something, he wrote about it. And, and we can see how he got help in his time of need. We can see so clearly and so well with David how he was able to pull himself out of the bad situations that came against him. Because, you know, one thing that you got to realize is, and a lot of people, they don't get this. They think, well, you know, if I just uh, if I just say a prayer, if I just, you know, uh, uh, give my life to the Lord, then it's all, some people think of it like as a magic wand, like, okay, that's all I needed to do. Uh, no more trouble from there. But you got to know that, hey, the devil doesn't want you serving God. Have you found that out yet? I mean, listen, I, I talk to people and like, I don't get it. I, I started coming to church and then like people started, my family got mad at me and this started happening. And, and I just thought that, listen, don't give up. Don't let go. That That's the enemy coming, trying to shake you up a little bit so you will let go of Jesus. And that would be the worst mistake you could ever make. Don't give in to that pressure. So Psalm 22, we're going to look at two verses here. Verse 12, David said, my enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. You ever been surrounded by, by a herd of bulls? I have not, but that doesn't sound very pleasant. It says, the fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. I'm like, whoa, come on. That sounds like a bad spot to be in. But look here at verse 16. He says it again. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Now, David wrote this chapter, and it ended up uh, being prophetical of Jesus' crucifixion because Jesus' enemies surrounded him like a pack of dogs. His enemies surrounded him and pierced his hands and feet. 
But, you know, regardless of all that, have you ever felt like David did right here? Like, man, I'm just surrounded. I, I don't know what's going on right now, but I feel like I'm surrounded on every possible front and every possible angle. And there's been times, again, that I've, I've had that feeling like, where, where, where's it coming from? What, what's going to happen next? I remember 2018 was a real dandy of a year, for, <laughs> at least in my life. And I say that sarcastically. That was a year that, you know, some, uh, some attacks came from the enemy. Uh, you know, I, that was, you know, Satan tried to take my dad out that year, you know, through cancer and through a heart attack. But guess what? Trouble came a knocking and we answered with the word of God and my dad's still alive. So, hey, winning. We're winning. And, uh, and I, I just, so many different things happened. It was disappointing to me. A lot of rock solid Christians, people that I thought were solid Christians, I saw kind of depart and go into sins in different areas, really bad sins. And, and, and I'm like, what is going on, Lord? It broke my heart. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not giving my sob story, but, you know, my, my father-in-law got super sick in Indiana and, and we're trying to get him to his, it's, we're trying to get him to his doctor's appointments from 2,000 miles away. And that was difficult. He's out there, you know, standing in zero degree temperatures waiting on his Uber ride to take him to dialysis. And we're like, God, what's, you know, it seemed like we were surrounded on every side. And this isn't, this isn't my sob story and my, you know, uh, me complaining. I'm just saying we, are acquainted with and we know what it's like to have trouble because one thing that I people say this to me and I don't know why people seem to think this but they think that because we're pastors that we simply don't have any troubles I'm going to say that again some of you and some people think that just because we're pastors and preachers that our life is perfect and we don't have any troubles. And I would love for that to be the case. You know, I would have tried to become a pastor a lot earlier in life if that was my get out of trouble free card. But it's not. And, you know, I'm a human being and the devil comes at me and the devil comes at my family. And on top of that, I have literally hundreds of people each week that pour their troubles out to me. And I, I, I please keep it coming. I, I'm here for you and I want that. But listen right now. Don't look at, uh, you know, at our lives and think, well, they he, they preach this stuff, but they don't even know. I mean, they, they don't have any troubles. They, it seems like everything's going perfect for them. Listen. I wish that it was always that way. But as I said earlier, trouble comes, but I have learned how to answer trouble. I have learned how to fight the devil and win. And it's not because I'm a preacher. It's because I'm a Christian. I've got no special privileges. I've got no special connection to God that nobody else in here has. I got the same connection that you have. I go to the Father through his son Jesus and I read the Bible and I've learned how to fight and win every single time. Well, I wouldn't say, I mean, that's kind of a, I wouldn't say every time. I'll say it and I'll say it again. Every single time I always triumph in Christ Jesus. And it's not because I'm good. It's because Jesus is good. And I, so I'm not, I'm just speaking the word of God here tonight. Every single battle that I fight God's way, I win 100% of the time. And it's simply because we're doing things God's way. And it always works. I, I ended up learning, you know, over the past season of life that it was, it was, you know, it was a kind of a shocker, but God's smarter than I am. Anyone else learned that one yet? Like, golly. Golly, Gomer, he's he's so smart. It's like he created the universe and all these people, and he knows them, and he knows me better than I know myself. He's so much smarter than we are. And if we listen to him, things turn out really, really good. Sometimes he tells us to do things that we don't feel like doing, but every good parent tells the kids to do things they don't feel like doing because they know it's for your good. And I'm telling you right now, as we dig into the word of God, you'll see some things like, I don't want to do that. I want to forgive that person. I don't want to go over here and, 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 and have to do that. But if you will, if you will trust and obey, it turns out for your good. There is nothing in the Bible that God tells us to do that he is using to harm us. Everything in here is for our good. 
He's like, I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll tell the kids to do this and watch. They're going to hate it. It's going to be so funny. No, he's not up there doing that. He's a good father. Every instruction in here is so I can win in life and so I can overcome the obstacles that come towards me. And some of them I may not feel like doing, but if I will obey, even when I don't feel like it, I will win every single time. It may take a little bit of time sometimes, but that's okay. A good hard-fought victory is a good one. Even if it takes a little bit of time, I'm up to the challenge because of Jesus. And so we saw how David said, he's like, I'm surrounded on every side. I got, it's like I got a pack of dogs surrounding me. It's like I've got the bulls of Bashan uh, surrounding me right here. But let's look at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. And, you know, I, I see people all the time that, you know, they want to see miracles. They're, you know, God, I, I want miracles. I want to see miracles. I want to see great things. And I want to see miracles, and I want to see great things. But you realize that in order to have a miracle, first of all, you've got to have some giant problem somewhere. That went over really good. So let me say that again real quick. That if there's going to be, if you're going to see a miracle healing then there's going to have to be a sick person somewhere or else there's no healing to take place. If you want to see a miracle deliverance, you're going to have to go find somebody that's bound. If you want to see a, 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 a you know, a, a miracle breakthrough, you're going to have to find somebody that needs a miracle breakthrough. And so the first ingredient to seeing a miracle is to have some sort of a problem somewhere. And so that's why when problems come, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not looking for problems, but I'm just like, there we go. Boom. Uh, that's the first step to a miracle right there. We've got a problem on our hands. And so here we go. Let's watch what God's going to do this time. But if you're going to see miracles, then hey, there's going to have to be problems. All right. Second Corinthians four verses eight and nine. And I like how Paul said this. He was just being honest. He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Thank God we're never abandoned by God. Woo! That is good news tonight. We get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to kill Cletus, that was for you. <laughs> that was for Cletus. That was a shout out to Cletus. All right. So, you know, but every time I read that verse, I hear that stupid song in my head. I get knocked down. But anyway, so we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. And so we saw how King David felt surrounded at one point, And now we can see how Paul felt surrounded at one point. And, and, and look, these are, these are important guys. Sometimes people think, well, man, I have all these troubles because I'm just a loser. I'm just, listen, Paul, David, Jesus himself was surrounded by trouble sometimes. I mean, you gotta realize Jesus ticked some people off. Have you ever read the gospels? He straight ticked people off. He came in and they thought, They've been taught something for several thousands of years. And Jesus said, hey, I know we always did it that way, but I've got a new way for you right here. From now on, when someone slaps you on one cheek, you have to turn the other cheek. And they're like, no, he ticked people off with his teaching because it rubbed them the wrong way. And there was so many times in the Gospels, it said Jesus was surrounded. They picked up stones to kill him on the spot. And he slipped through the crowd somehow and got away from it because his time had not yet come. So, these great men of the Bible, David, Paul, Jesus, Moses, Daniel, all these good guys, they experienced some troubles. But as we're looking here at what Paul said, I love how he responded to each problem that he brought up. He kept using, he kept saying, this is going on, but. And so look at this. We are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. Come on, somebody. We are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And so every time he brought up a fact about the situation, he brought up a greater truth from God's word. And so you may be saying, you know what? Yeah, the devil tried to hit my health, but... Jesus is my healer. The devil tried to come in and steal my kids from me, but 
Jesus is my deliverer. The devil tried to come in and mess with this over here. But if God is for me, who can be against me? And so right here, Paul, he's like, yeah, here's the here's the problem. But we're not crushed. Here's another problem. But we're not driven to despair. Hey, people are trying to hunt us down right now. But we are not abandoned by God. That's the type of guy I want to hang out with right there. Talking about being surrounded, surround yourself with people like that. Instead of saying, but God, it's not fair. But God, why? But God, why are they getting this? Man, get that type of talking out of your vocabulary. Don't say, but God, why? Say, troubles are coming, but God is on my side. Amen. Change your but God from being a negative to but God said, I shall overcome. Change the way you're saying it. Psalm 56, verses 8 and 9. i got to move quick on Wednesday nights because we're on a time limit here. Psalm 56, verses 8 and 9. And so I'm here to encourage you tonight that if you will stick with Jesus, if you will do things his way, you are going to make it out of anything that comes against you. You know, someone told me, hey, you've survived 100% of the bad days that you've had so far. I'm still here. I've survived 100% of them. And I'm no longer in survival mode, though. I'm not just looking to survive trouble. I'm looking to be a thriver, not just a survivor. But praise God. Psalm 56. And we're going to look here at verses 8 and 9. And this is another Psalm of David. And so this is one that the man himself wrote. Psalm 56, verses 8 and 9, he says this. He says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. So don't ever say, man, God doesn't, it's like he doesn't even know what's going on with me. Hey, he's got a book up there. He's collected every tear you've cried. He's he's collected any sorrow you've had and written it down in his book. But look at verse 9. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. Hallelujah. Man, that does something for me right there. No matter what's going on, my enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. Why? This I know. God is on my side. He's not on their side. He's on my side. Why? Well, how do you know that? Because I'm his son, man. I'm his child. And listen, I'm going to take my child's side over their enemy's side every single time. God is on my side. And so David right there, he found some encouragement when he needed it. He's like, man, I may be going through something right now, but I know you've collected every tear. You've collected every sorrow, and my enemies will retreat when they come against me. Why? Because God is on my side. Who believes that tonight? That God is on my side. And when you really get this revelation in your heart you start to see things from a whole different perspective. You have got to begin to see that God is on your side. He's not against you. He's for you. He's not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. And a lot of people say, I know, I get that. But uh, uh, listen, you have got to get this revelation in your heart. And when you realize that God is actually for you, he's on your side fighting for you, you have a whole different outlook on life. It'll change your life if you really get it. And one thing that I found, because I've known Christians for a long time, for 35 years now, and I know that a lot of Christians, they know these things in their, they get it in their head. I know, you know, if God's for me, who can be? I know that. But there's a big difference between knowing a scripture in your head and getting the revelation in your heart. And one of the biggest troubles that I see for Christians is that they know it and they've heard it so many times, but it's never dropped from here to here. You've got to get the word in your heart. It's not enough to just acknowledge it and say, I know it says I can do all things through Christ. I get that. I get that. I I know that. But I'm not talking about knowing it up here. I'm talking about 
getting it in your heart. Because when you get something as simple as Philippians 4.13 from your head to your heart, wait a minute, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, who gives me strength. When you get that in your heart, that's a, that's a whole new ball game now. You may have been saying it. I mean, I know basketball players that, you know, one of my favorite basketball players as a kid, he, he said that he would say this before every game. And anyway, I'm like, that's cute that you said that, but I know you didn't actually believe that because you didn't live like it. But uh, so there's a lot of these things that people, they say some of these verses, but I'm talking about when you get the revelation in your heart, some of these very basic Bible verses, wait a minute, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I shall not want now. When you get the heart revelation of some of these things, it's a whole new ball game now. The stuff that the devil used to thump you around with, if you can just get one solid verse in here to start with, it's a whole new fight. You've got something to fight with now, but you've got to get it out of your head and into your heart. And so the first thing we were looking at there is, surrounded i feel like i'm surrounded by enemies but the second thing i'm telling you tonight is you are surrounded but number two you're surrounded by god you're surrounded by god well i feel surrounded that's right you should feel surrounded because you are surrounded by god now i'm going to look at one of my favorite old testament stories here second kings chapter six can we flip over there second kings chapter six we get anybody excited tonight Second Kings chapter six. And here we have the story of Elisha. Now he was in a, it's kind of a interesting story. He was helping the king of Israel out and they were uh, going, they were at war with these, uh, this king from a place called Aram and Elisha, he was such a prophet of God. He kept telling the king of Israel, Hey, their next move is going to be this right over here. They're going down here. And so Israel was always one step ahead because Elisha kept telling the king what the enemy's next move was. And so the, this other king, he's like, I don't get it. It's like they always know what our next step is. It's kind of like the New England Patriots. They always they had the other team's playbook. They always knew what the next play was going to be. Anyways, that's another story for a different day. So, uh, but, but, but listen, he's like, what? What is going on here? So the king thought there must be a traitor in our midst. And one of his men said, no, I'll tell you what it is. Israel has this prophet named Elisha who sees everything you do. He keeps telling the king what your next move is. In fact, he even hears every word you speak in the privacy of your own home. He knows what you do in your bedroom. He sees everything. And the king of Aram's like, well, we got it. Well, easy. Let's go kill him and then we'll be okay. And so... They, 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 they send the army for Elisha and for his servant. And they're like, we're going to take them out and the problem will be solved. And so do you think Elisha was afraid of that? Do you? I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Adriana says no. Some of you are kind of like, I don't know. Maybe he was. Well, second Kings chapter six, verse 14, it says, so one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what do we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And so can you imagine that? You step out the next morning, and in our modern day, that'd be like seeing military helicopters up in the sky, tanks all around you, rows and rows of soldiers with weapons, and I mean just, I mean just the full military forces of an enemy surrounding your area, and you step out and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what are we gonna do now? It looked Really, really scary and really, really bad. But verse 16, don't be afraid, <laughs> Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And so at first glance to the, you know, to the unsaved, to the carnal, to the whatever mind, you're thinking there's, wait, okay, crazy man, there's more on our side than on theirs because I see like 50,000 of them and I see two of us. 
I don't like our chances right here very much. And sometimes you may feel like you're at the same odds. Like, well, everyone's against me. My family's against me. My job's against me. Uh, this is against me. People over here are against me. It's just like me and maybe my one friend over here. And we're surrounded. And somebody that is spiritually mature, somebody that is a person of great faith, they're going to say, oh, wait, okay, okay, well, this is cool. So there's 50,000 of them, but guess what? There's actually more on my side than there is on the enemy's side. And so this young servant, he's like, I pff, I don't get it. And Elisha's like, oh, no, no, this isn't bad. This is good. This is good. There's more for us than there are for them. And so then Elisha prayed, verse 17, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And I want to pray that for so many people. Lord, open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Well, what, what, what was all that? The horses and chariots of fire? That was the armies of heaven. And they were there to rescue Elisha and his servant. And guess what? They still exist. They didn't cease to exist. The, you know, the, the King James would call this the heavenly host, right? This is the armies of heaven. And they were horses and chariots of fire. And they were there to rescue Elisha. And I will tell you right now that the armies of heaven are still real. The angels are still real. God is still real. Jesus is still real. The Holy Spirit's still real. They're still here to fight for you. And you, we all, we have these natural eyes, but you can't see spiritual things with these eyes. So Elisha prayed, God opened his eyes just for one minute and let him see. If you were to be able to see through your spiritual eyes right now for one minute, you would be shocked at the number of angels that surround this place with us. And it's not because this is this building. This is a building, right? It's, we love this building. It's very special to us. But it's because all of us are in here tonight. And we got angels on our side. Listen to me. They're real. They are real. And if somebody wants to mess with me, they're going to have to get through a whole army that they can't see. But I'm telling you, it is real. The, the Salcedo girls are over there. They're flexing. They're ready to go. Come on. Some, listen. The armies of heaven are real. And so you need to start changing your perspective in life. Quit seeing yourself as the victim. I am not going to be some stinking victim. Nobody has that power over me. And it's because I've got God on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? You need to start changing your perspective in life. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I don't think I'm a victim. I think that I am a warrior. I think I'm a champion. I think that I'm a son of God. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you see yourself as the poor victim all the time, that's what you will always be in life. You will always be the victim. If you see yourself surrounded by the angels of God all the time, you are going to be victorious. That's facts. That's Bible facts right there. You need to change your perspective. All right, I'm going to have to cut through some notes here and get... Look at Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. But you need to you need to realize that God is on your side. Imagine that. Imagine that you are surrounded by angels. You, you have personal bodyguard, man. A personal bodyguard. Like Isaiah 26... And we're going to look here at verse 1, and I, I love the book of Isaiah. And I'm telling you, you should write down these verses we're going to tonight. You should write these things down. You need to know these. Isaiah 26 and verse 1. And talk about being surrounded. Here's another verse about being surrounded. Isaiah 26 and verse 1. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Surrounded. 
on every side of me, I'm surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Do you think Satan can get through that wall? No, not unless I open up the gate. Now, some people, you know, let's be honest, they kind of open up the door to Satan to come in. They're, hey, God, you, where are you at? You said you'd always be there for me. And he was. But it's one thing to open up the door and invite the devil in. Right? You know? And so that's just something to consider. But don't blame God. Anytime that the devils come in and, and get me, hit me with something, it's never because God fell asleep or, 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 or didn't follow through on his end. I can trace every single stupid thing in my life back to something that I did either to let the devil in or that I just did to bring something stupid upon myself. But I do not have the guts to blame God for any trouble I've ever had. He's never been the source of my trouble. And if I'm being honest with myself, I can always trace back the root cause of what happened. But thank God he loves me enough to get me out of it and give me another chance. He doesn't hold me in it. He lets me out. So that's good news. Look at verses 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace. Can somebody say perfect peace? All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Yeah, but she did this to me. I trust in the Lord God always. He's my eternal rock. She's not my eternal rock. Trust in the Lord God always. Yeah, I do, but, but, but not on Tuesdays and not on the, no! Trust in the Lord God always. He is the eternal rock. And so listen, it says right here, he will keep in perfect peace. I'd be happy to just have peace, but guess what? God's got one better. He says, I'll give you perfect peace. Perfect peace if you trust in me, if your thoughts are fixed on him. And I say this all the time, but I got to say it again. Somebody may say, yeah, well, my thoughts are fixed on him and I don't have perfect peace. Then that's a lie. Your thoughts are not fixed on him because if they were, you would have perfect peace. So don't lie and say, well, I, yeah, but I did that, but God didn't do his part. That's a lie. And that's not being mean. That's just a lie. Uh, if my thoughts are fixed on God and on his word, I've got perfect peace. You can throw anything at me, and, and it's not going to stick. But there's the times where, yeah, I, I haven't had perfect peace, and I can tell you that during those times, yeah, it's because my thoughts weren't fixed on God. But if they're fixed in the right place, I always have perfect peace. You got time for one more verse? It's a good one. Okay, all right. Melinda said to you. Isaiah 33, verse 21. Isaiah 33, verse 21. Man, we could go through. I could go through Isaiah for days, brother. I love the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 33 and verse 21. And we're talking about, yeah, I feel like I'm surrounded. You are surrounded. And guess what? It's by the army of God. Not by your problems. Isaiah 33 and we're going to look here at verse 21. And I love this. Isaiah 33, 21. The Lord will be our mighty one. So get that right now. The Lord will be your mighty one. Some of you are trying to be your mighty one. If I just stay strong and if I just stay. Man, stop that. You're not that strong. You're not that mighty. Let the Lord be your mighty one. Yeah, but if we just had more money. Money's not my mighty one. Yeah, but if my guy was president. The, no, Listen. The Lord will be your mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection. That's good. But look at this. That no enemy can cross. That no enemy ship can sail upon. Think about that. I'm surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. And I am also surrounded by a river. That no enemy can cross, that no enemy ship can sail upon. And so, if you want victory, if you want to get out of the bad situations that you may find yourself in, you are going to have to let yourself be surrounded by God. Well, how do I do that? First of all, you start reading the Bible, step one, right there. Also, you want to know that that's one layer. Here's another one. Start praying. Start talking to God. And I'm not just talking about, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die, what? Come on. No, I'm talking about praying, real praying to God. Uh, here's another one. Surround yourself with the people of God. A big major key 
to whether you will make it or not in life is the people you surround yourself with. That's why church is so vitally important for every Christian because you're surrounding yourself with the word of God, with the people of God. And who you surround yourself with is huge. You know, I'm mentoring someone in another state right now because they need to be surrounded by the people of God. And and they don't have a church yet, but I'm like, hey, you know what? I will help you out right now. And we are going to surround you. I'm going to send you the word of God every single day. I'm going to text you. I'm going to I'm going to preach to you over the Internet. I'm going to surround you to the best of my ability. And I like how somebody so I saw somebody say this and I liked it. Hang around five millionaires. You'll become the sixth. Hang around five junkies. You'll become the sixth. People may not like that, but it's the truth. Who you surround yourself with is massively important to how your outcome is going to be. You surround yourself with winners, people of faith, you know, surround yourself with five stable, strong Christians, you'll become the sixth one. Surround yourself with a bunch of negative losers and people that don't have any victory in life, you'll be the sixth loser. And that um, that's not mean or negativity, that's just facts. And I've seen it time and time again for my entire life. So if you want to start getting some victory, if you want to start scoring some wins in life, even if you're surrounded by troubles right now, open your eyes and see. There's more for you than there are against you if you're on God's side. Surround yourself with the word of God, the people of God, the ways of God, and you will win. I guarantee it you're going to win every single time. And guess what? It's a sweet, sweet victory when nobody else thought you'd make it, when nobody else thought that you had a chance. It's a sweet victory whenever you do things God's way and you win. Amen? All right, can we stand up together tonight? Hallelujah. Let's end right there. Praise God. Surround yourself with the right people and with the word of God. Amen. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up tonight. I want to remind you, men, Saturday is the men's meeting out in Newberry at the Pleasant View Farm, my parents' ranch. Bring a lawn chair. We're going to sit around the lake there or somewhere near the, I don't know, at least somewhere over there. We're going to have a great time, have some breakfast together. Talk about surrounding yourself with the right people. Man, you need to surround yourself with some winners. You do. Hey, you knew. Amen. And ladies, of course, when you have the, you know, your women's meetings, you need to do the same thing. So anyway, praise God. Uh, we got that coming on. And then uh, Children's Church is going to be starting up on Sunday mornings again, beginning Mother's Day. Jam Junior is going to be on Wednesday night starting next week. So stay tuned. Lots of good stuff going on. Amen. Can you raise your hands tonight? I want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, if we feel like we're surrounded right now by troubles, that's okay. That's just the very first step to seeing a miracle, Lord. And we thank you that we are keeping our eyes on you, Jesus. You're the author and finisher of our faith. If you started a good work in us, you are going to finish it. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for every single person here, everybody watching online, that they have the peace of God, Lord, the perfect peace of God surrounding them and comforting them. And we thank you that this is going to be a great week. Lord, the rest of this week is going to be fire for us. We're going to absolutely uh, be uh, victorious in every single thing we do. We're healthy. We're whole. We're healed. We're blessed. We're prosperous. We've got love, joy, and peace everywhere we go in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for being here. We're going to speak some words of faith over our beloved Barstow. You ready to do this? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see.